Welcome back to People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton. Today I have with me Kimberly Shanley, who is the Vice President of People and Culture at Souls for Souls. Is that correct, People and Culture? Yes, I got it. (laughs) Thank you for joining us, Kim. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so uh, tell our audience what you do, why you do it, and, uh, you know, a general overview of who you are. Sure, sure. Well, People and Culture, it's a a newer role. VP of People and Culture is a newer role with Souls for Souls. And it's really more HR-based, just people operations, culture development. And um, I work directly with team members. Uh, The HR department is a team of two. So me and my wonderful HR director, (laughs) we are partners in crime in ensuring that our team members are taken care of. I like to say that I am an employee first, and we want to make sure that our team members are aligned with our vision, our values, our strategy, but also to make sure they are taken care of benefits-wise as well as their family members. So a lot there, but responsibility for the entire team is what is key. Mm-hmm. So how would you describe culture, you know, the mission and values at Souls for Souls? I would describe it as, uh, let's see, really being dedicated to our overall mission and strategy of ensuring that we are turning clothing and shoes into opportunities, whether that is creating a space for entrepreneurship in other countries or in across the United States, if it's free donations that we provide, free distributions um, in some of our homeless areas or, or areas that have higher homeless um, populations and really focusing on that mission and partnering with some of the larger um, distributors in the world, whether it's uh, on the shoe side, clothing side, and really giving back to those underserved communities as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So one thing that you champion is knowing your worth, which is so important to me as well. Um, and something that I discovered way later in life, as I think many people do. Uh, so what does knowing your worth look like to you personally? Uh, let's see. Knowing my worth is really taking a look at what I want to do and how I want to make a contribution to um, whether it's my company, whether it's just the external, um, those customers that we're meeting or that we're servicing. And my um, role is really the employees and knowing how to correlate and to bring my worth to the organization to make the organization better. So it's a personal and a professional type of activity for me. Being able to um, know what I bring to the table, appreciate that, and have that confidence in providing that knowledge, support, advocacy to our employees and to whomever I'm serving. I believe in servant leadership. And if I can make myself a better 
um, servant leader, then I know that I will make a difference. And that also contributes to my worth and not only external, but internal and wherever I may be um, providing or being of service. Mm -hmm. So for people who, you know, obviously you, you um, deeply understand your worth and have spent some time thinking about it um, for people that are, are like, I don't know what I bring to the table. Where, where could they start? You know, I think it's really some self-awareness, understanding um, what is it that I want to do and how can I get there? Does that just mean, oh, getting additional training? Does that mean um, going back to school? Does that mean picking up a trade or just doing something that you've always wanted to do? It's that self-awareness and self-examination. How do I get there? What is it that I want to achieve, um, you know, and taking baby steps toward that, you know, and really um, determining how to make yourself a better person. What would make you happy? You know, if you say, well, you know, I'm Lindsay, I'm, I'm just kind of wanting to, you know, um, be of, of better service out there or uh, be a better host, you know, how do you get there? Is mm -hmm. it that you find mentors or you find coaches or you kind of mirror those that you feel are great in that profession and then you take it from there and don't um, sweat it, you know, don't make it so that you are so um, hard on yourself but that you are gentle on yourself, that you um, take things in stride, and that you defined, define, rather, what is worthwhile for you. What does that look like for you? And then once you believe in that, set those goals, whatever that may be on getting there, then people will see that in you and they will take notice. And that contributes to your worth and how, what that looks like. So how do you as an HR leader work with employees to really get to the next level of understanding their worth? We do a lot of, um, I would say, self-evaluation. We mm -hmm. promote that. We also promote employee engagement. Mm -hmm. um, so self-evaluation is part of our overall evaluation process. So however we may do that, if it's quarterly, um, biannually, or annually, we ask those questions. How would you evaluate yourself? Mm -hmm. What are you most proud of? How can we help you as a manager or an organization to get to your best self? What does that look like? So we ask those questions and we really empower our team members to make those decisions and to feed back to us what that looks like. And sometimes it may be additional training. Sometimes it may be, you know, I want to continue my education. So mm -hmm. I want to, you know, look into some other uh, education courses. The great thing that I enjoy about our organization is that we look at development as a total self, mm -hmm. not just professional development, but personal development. Mm -hmm. So we provide the opportunity for team members to say, 
okay, maybe I want to take a couple of courses, maybe I want to enhance my Excel skills, but I also want to think about uh, physical health or mental health. Maybe I want to do a gym membership, and so mm -hmm. I'm going to use some of my stipend toward that, or I want to um, perhaps utilize a mental health type of uh, podcast or membership to uh, like a Calm app or something like that, then they can utilize their stipend for that purpose. So it's really looking at the total self. But it's a asking those questions, providing the feedback, and being a resource to help them get to knowing their worth, understanding their worth, and appreciating their worth. Yeah. So a lot of people really undervalue themselves. Why do you think, you know, the default is to undervalue instead of understanding what, how, you know, how many skills, how many talents an individual has? I think that a lot of it has been focused on the external versus the mm -hmm. internal. I think the past um, and post-pandemic attitude has been a lot of self-focus um, and let's re-examine yeah. ourselves. You hear a lot, of, a lot about resetting, refocusing, repurposing, reimagining, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that it has caused us to do more of that, being coming out of a pandemic, um, reimagining the workplace, for instance, being able to work remotely, being able to look at things differently. Um, I just think that there was a light bulb moment that mm -hmm. went off for a lot of people. And I think that um, there are just quite a few of us that are just looking more internally now and not so much externally and um, focusing on ourselves, mm -hmm. which in turn helps us to focus on others because we, because we're bringing our better self to the organization and to our um, responsibilities. Wow, I didn't really think of the connection between the pandemic and, but now I am because I'm thinking about how much more flexibility the workforce was given because of COVID and thinking about my own experience. I'm a better worker because I am able to create an environment that is productive for how I work. Um, so you, yeah, that is something that I de definitely did not think of until you brought it up just now. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. As we are able to, like you mentioned, be kind of make our schedules work more yeah. more in a flexible organization. I remember back in the day when it took me sometimes three hours one way to commute. That mm -hmm. took away work time. You had to decompress yeah. on both sides. You know, once you got to the office, once you got home, and then you had all the stuff in the middle to do. So definitely just a reset time. Yeah. And another aspect of that is having autonomy to choose when you work, how you work, you know, what you work on to an extent. And I know that that's something that you also really support is, um, you know, autonomy with HR leaders, with employees. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, what autonomy looks like to you and why you support it so much. Sure, sure. Well, I have been uh, fortunate to be uh, put into positions where I've been able to create spaces, you know, mm -hmm. create 
the workspace, create the HR space, create the employee experience and what that may look like. And I think that that's encouraging and energizing for anyone to be able to um, just work through their position, their role, and how that may look. As long as we're focused on the greater good and on the team values and on the strategy and the vision, getting there may look quite different, you know, depending mm -hmm. on the individual. So being able to have the freedom to create, to uh, work that space and bring others along for the ride, as, as we say, mm -hmm. I think is just a great opportunity. And it, allow, it allows for self-expression. It allows for um, the worth to come through because you're being creative in your own space and you're allowed that. You're, you're given that autonomy. And I think it works across the board, not only with leaders, but with team members as well as they are um, given, given, giving them their space to create. They're given the opportunity to say, hey, this is a blank canvas. Come back and, and tell me what you've um, discovered, developed. How did you get there? It allows you to tell a story and it allows you to see a bigger picture because you have the space to create that picture versus stepping into something that's already in place that's kind of hard-coded, as we say, um, and not being able to make it your own. You know, you, when, you, when you have that autonomy, you're able to move in that space quite freely. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that you mentioned that I think is really awesome is how you kind of set the tone for autonomy in your own career by sharing a 90-day plan uh, when you interview or on the first day. So can you talk about that and, uh, you know, that strategy within your own career? Sure, sure. Well, um, for the past number of years, that's always been a part of my interview process and first 90 days with an organization is to create a plan of just how I'm going to get acclimated to the new organization, the people that I'm going to meet, how the strategy that I will use to familiarize myself with the organization. And it doesn't have to be anything in depth. It can be very simple. But even uh, with my current organization, a lot of my hiring managers have created those plans for their new hires, or they will allow for them to create it themselves. It's basically a little roadmap, so you don't just feel lost in an organization once you start. You have kind of a plan in place. This is what I want to do for my first 30 days. This is what I want to do for my next 30 days. This is what I want to do for those last 30 days. And maybe as a part of that, you create another plan because it takes, I would say, six to nine months to really feel comfortable in a newer role. It may even take longer depending on the size of the organization and your role in that. But it's always great to have that kind of roadmap for yourself. And it's something that I've used in the past to share with my managers to say, hey, how does this look 
is there anything you would like for me to change? What do you think I should, you know, add or take away? Um, because it really depends on the organization, but it just gives, it gives me the opportunity to kind of set the stage and also to meet with my peers, with my team members, and to also share it with them and to have them hold me accountable to that. Um, and it's a great way to follow up after your first 90 days to be able to check those boxes. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, I've met with my my key stakeholders. I've uh, learned more about the organization and their mission, vision, and strategy. I see where I fit in as my team. Here are some things that I picked up on that can be improved that I can help with in my space. Um, so it just helps to give a roadmap. Mm -hmm. And so one way Souls for Souls has really set you up for success is by investing in, um, you know, two HR experts. So you mentioned that you, there's an HR director that you work with, uh, correct? Yes, there mm -hmm. there is. And she's been with the organization for a number of years, close to 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I just think that was a, a perfect match for me to come in as the VP of people and culture to partner with her because she has the history. She mm -hmm. has the knowledge of how things have worked in the past. And we're, we're also looking toward the future mm -hmm. and how we can make HR a better um, space within the organization. How can we do better onboarding? How can we um, shape leaders and how can we be a resource, be an advocate for our team members? How can we manage benefits better and and really um, sponsor DNI initiatives and employee engagement, things like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, they say two heads are better than one. I'm just mm -hmm. grateful that um, we have the opportunity and that the organization felt that it was an important move to make to have an HR team in place to support a global organization, small but global organization, and the initiative. Mm -hmm. It's always best to be able to support the employees who are out there you know, making the connections, making um, things happen on a daily basis, um, and having them feel supported internally, that you have a, a team that you can come to when uh, things happen. You know, there's a medical issue, or there's a, a financial issue, or I need to change an account, or I need to just get some ideas on an EAP and how I can just get additional training or take care of mental health, that they have us as a resource. So that's, mm -hmm. it's really critical. Yeah. So, you know, when you think of HR departments, many are just run by one person. So how do you play your strengths? Uh, you combine your strengths to become a better team. Well, I think that we just play off of each other, that yeah. we are, um, you know, from the historical perspective I can lean on and just bringing new ideas and mm -hmm. um, other just backgrounds and information from my various uh, companies and exposure on the HR consulting side, bringing that in. Because there are some things that, you know, may not have been thought of before or, um, 
maybe we complement one another. You know, if one person likes to do more tactical, one is more strategic, that you're able to play off of each other, mm-hmm. that you're able to say, hey, I don't like this part, but I like this part, and we can complement one another, but also be there as a resource um, for team members as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to provide that service to them in a um, total fashion, you know. Mm-hmm. And what are some of the ways that employees benefit from having two or more people to connect with in the HR realm? Well, you know, I think it just it sets some level of comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that, you know, my my uh, counterpart has been around longer. She knows more people. Maybe there's a comfort level that's different for her than it would be for me until people can um, get used to me, get to know me. Um, and then on the other hand, I am the newer face. So, you know, people may feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me versus having a person that's been in place for a longer mm-hmm. period of time. But we both, um, set time aside to connect with our employees. So whether it's uh, me doing a virtual chat where I just kind of open the virtual Zoom room and have people come in and talk to me um, or express concerns or just say, hey, this that was a great idea or I'm looking forward to this committee or um, thank you just for being here and making some adjustments and changes. So just allowing for that, you know, it's just mm-hmm. having two people there as a resource that people can kind of select and choose, you know, well, I'm going to go to this person for for this, but um, I have this other idea. I may want to talk to Kim for that. So mm-hmm. it's really having the variety and the opportunity to um, connect as mm-hmm. employees see fit because that's important. And what value do you see in those, uh, you know, those meetups, those um, connections with employees? Um, You know, you mentioned that they could really talk about anything, ideas, or if they have a problem. Um, You know, how do you create that space where they feel comfortable sharing? I think that uh, luckily for our organization, we have a very comfortable team Mm -hmm. and they are very... um, you know, vocal and used to speaking with us just overall. Mm -hmm. A lot of that is built on how we communicate, where we have, um, for example, Monday morning meetings where the entire organization gets together to talk through our strategic initiatives, our vision, what's coming up. You know, we offer tech tips or we provide um, small talks on our mission and vision and strategy and what our initiatives are, what our values are. Mm -hmm. So I I just think that um, being able to provide that space of safety for our team members um, is just an added benefit. Mm but we are fortunate to have team members that are really focused on what they do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And if there's ever a time where we're needed, we are responsive, and I mm-hmm. think that's what's really important. Um, and you just build that trust as you move along through the organization. My counterpart, 10 years experience, she has some of the, that trust built. I'm coming in newer. I laid the foundation by um, just adding to 
a department that's already been in place and being a resource and being present how I, I can be and how I should be. So I try to be more analytical on that mm -hmm. and meet employees where they are. Mm -hmm. I don't try to force my way through, but to, you know, just provide a presence um, that can be utilized, unutilized, mm -hmm. you know, to give those options. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you create an environment where employees feel heard, which is so important when it comes to engagement. It is. It is. We have every month we have an employee engagement survey that goes out. And if there are ever issues that are raised, because it is anonymous, but um, we are able to, as administrators, be able to respond to those. And, you know, there have been times when there's there have been questions raised and I will just say, I'm, I'm hearing you. I understand your concern. Please schedule some time with mm -hmm. me so that we can talk through this or I can help, you know, work through this with you. And I think that there is an understanding of that these things are confidential, that our mm -hmm. conversations are protected, um, and that we have that safe space as an HR team um, advocating for and assisting our employees and their families. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you say advocating, and I think employee advocacy is so important um, in the workplace because, you know, if, you know, a lot of speaking up at once, they need that, that voice of power to really advocate for them. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I see as a people leader. I think that's very important. You know, I, it's the old saying, you treat people like you want to be treated. Yeah. And um, like I mentioned, I'm an employee first. So mm -hmm. that's kind of the space that I operate from. You know, I want to be um, honest. I want to be transparent. I want to be helpful because that's how I would want my yeah. HR team to be with me. So that's uh, very important to me. Yeah, the golden rule will never lose its tarnish to me. <laughs> it's so exactly. important. Well, Kim, <laughs> exactly. this has been such a great conversation. I really value your insight. Um, and before we sign off, uh, do you have anything that you would like to add or think uh, fellow HR leaders should know? Well, thank you again for having me. I um, just want people to bring their authentic selves to the table mm -hmm. and to be welcoming, as welcoming as possible, to develop that uh, people lens. You know, over the years, that's what's, what's worked for me. Mm -hmm. I'm able to have kind of that third sense where I may see even a new person that I'm just meeting, I may sense that something is a little off or um, they want to say something, but they don't know how to say it. Yeah. So being as welcoming as possible and creating a um, strong foundation and an um, easy-to-navigate landscape for people to kind of bring you into the fold, you know, like I said, meet people where they are and um, allow for those conversations to take place. Because that's the the biggest part of our our position is relationships, yeah. building those and um, creating effective relationships and treating our internal 
customers and clients like we do our external customers mm -hmm. and clients. And um, always just being self-aware and allowing others to be as well. Yeah, it's awesome. So if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you and learn more about what you do, what's the best way for them to do so? Well, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. So it's uh, Kimberly S. I think may come up on LinkedIn, but also check out our website at soulsforsouls.org and uh, learn more about our company. Um, reach out to, to me if you want to get in touch. A simple email address is uh, Kim S at soulsforsouls.org and mm -hmm. I will be happy to answer questions or just make a connection. I think we learn from each other best. Yeah, and could you share how Souls for Souls is stylized? It is Souls, S-O-L-E-S, -E the number four, and Souls, S-O-U-L-S, -E and uh, very unique but we have a strong mission, vision, and strategy, and we are determined to meet our goals. So uh, please connect with us, connect with me, and uh, we can all make the world a better place in that connection. Love hearing that. If you or anyone else you know is passionate about uh, making the world better like Kim is, please reach out to me, Lindsay, at staffgeek.com. Thank you for listening to Staff Geek's People Analytics Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Patton, and I'm always looking to interview leaders who put people first. If you or someone you know lead with a people-first mindset, please email me at lindsay at staffgeek.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y at staffgeek.com. If you want to take things a step deeper and understand your organization's true culture DNA, I encourage you to take Staff Geek's free culture assessment. Just head to staffgeek.com and click the button that says free culture assessment. Thanks again for listening.